Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Slice of Life right here on your Saturday morning. Well, we're going to set the table with some food talk. Local Restaurant Week is around the corner. Would you believe the fall edition is looming? We'll talk with the organizer and a participant in just a moment. And then later, we're going to head back to school and talk to Ginger Jeffrey, who is the Director of Communications at Canisius High School. A lot going on there, especially a milestone anniversary. More about that in just a few minutes. But first, three of my favorite people are here. They're making encore appearances. We're talking about this little pig And we're also talking about Local Restaurant Week. And would you believe, in spite of the gorgeous weather we've had, Local Restaurant Week's fall edition is right around the corner, running from October 7th through the 13th. In the uh, next couple of weeks, you can get ready, start mapping out your plan. And Krista Hobart, who was the local organizer, is here with us as well. So, Krista, good morning. Good morning. Great to be here. Always great to see you and talk food. And with us are Mandy and Jeff Cook owners of This Little Pig. Welcome, guys. Thanks Thanks for having us. us. And Jeff, I must say, with a last name like Cook, were you just fated to become a chef? (laughs) Uh, Remarkably, hardly anyone else in my family (laughs) pursued any sort of hospitality career. Really? (laughs) I just think it's so fitting, even though your name has an E on the end, correct? It's true. It's on the end. Um, That's actually not the original name, believe it or not, that E was added on. Ah. C-O-O-K was actually not even the real name. So it was ah. K-O-C-H, German cook. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, in any case, we know you know how your way around a kitchen. Uh, Krista, let me start with you. Yeah. For folks who are uninitiated and perhaps don't know what local restaurant week is, how do you describe this event that happens twice a year? Well, I'd say that it's definitely grown to become part of kind of the fabric of Western New York, so we feel really fortunate for that. But our, our event runs twice a, twice a year, once in the spring, once in the fall. Um, we've got over 200 locally owned and re- locally owned and operated restaurants that participate each time. And then kind of our catch uh, is that the menu items have to be priced at 2019, 3019, and or 4019. And then restaurants can structure it kind of whatever works best for them works for us as long as you use those price points. Do they have to have all three price points or just no. some places just do one or two? Right. Some do one, some do two, some do several, some do like a two for one. It just kind of depends. Really whatever works for the restaurants is what we encourage them to do. And the food scene is such a big deal around these parts, but it really is a nice economic boost for the area, right? It is. We estimate, and this is an old number, so it's got to be a lot more than this now. About $8 million circulates through the local economy when we run the event twice a year. So that that's a lot of money that's being spent here and stays here, which is great. I'm guessing it's probably in double digits at this point. It probably is, because it has been a couple of years since we kind of worked those numbers. And, and how long has Local Restaurant Week been happening, Krista? started in 2009. Wow. So, yeah, so we've, we've been around for, for a while, and we're actually the fifth largest restaurant week concept in the country, which is amazing, considering the size of our city. The only ones that are larger than ours are the big boys or girls, and so that's New York City, L.A., Chicago, and D.C., and then wow. us. Wow, so very impressive. It is impressive. To be at that same table, if you will. And it is. Mandy, we talked about Jeff. Jeff, you're the executive chef and owner, correct? Head cook and bottle washer. That's the man. And Mandy, you are on scene all the time at this little pig when I go in. By the way, one of my favorite restaurants. As you know, I was there celebrating my birthday in June. Had a great time with a bunch of other June babies. And uh, Mandy, what's your role at this little pig? Um, I say I'm the front of the house manager. I do all the bookkeeping, which is not my favorite. Uh, I stay out on the floor and make sure the customers are greeted, watered, bred, 
fed and are happy. You name it, you do it, right? That's how it is in the restaurant business, right? When you own your own place, is there anything you don't do? No. (laughs) There's literally, (laughs) the uh, the door fell apart the other night. I was in my pajamas and I went up and fixed the door at 11 o'clock at night. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So that's not, and that's not even unusual. That's the worst part, right? But really glamorous owning your own business, right? If people (laughs) only knew the behind the scenes thing. So, um, Jeff, Mandy, however you'd want to answer this, how do you describe the food at your place? We, uh, we go with New American, mm-hmm. uh, Americana. Um, we've been sticking to that pretty good. Um, stuff that uh, is pretty traditional American, we try and upgrade it just a little bit. Uh, we do a ton of farm-to-table. We work with a lot of local farms to get the freshest, best stuff we possibly can uh, in front of our guests at a really pretty decent price point. And, you know, one of the things I always remember about you folks when you first came onto the scene was you talked about um, a suburban, or excuse me, a city vibe in a suburban setting. Do you think that's still kind of the right vibe at your place? Yeah, I think it's exactly what you get by us. There's not anything right around us that's similar, so we we really try to stick to it. We haven't really changed anything. Uh, we did expand in December, so we more than doubled our capacity of seating, but we really try to keep everything the same, very rustic, um, high ceilings. We try to get more of that uh, city feel. It definitely works, and you have free parking to boot, which is, I know, some you know a, a bit of an issue for some folks who just don't want to venture downtown because of the parking, quite simply. But um, it's great to have a place like yours right on Main Street at Transit. I, for folks who may not know where it is, because it's easy to miss, hmm. how do you describe the location, Jeff? Uh, we like to say it's in that Best Buy Plaza, and we're right next door to Brennan's because everyone knows where Brennan's is. And you don't mind giving your neighbor a plug? We sure don't. Yeah, uh, that's them. great. That's great, Krista. For you having a place like this little pig among your regular routineies, <laughs> returnees, if I could say that, <laughs> what's it mean to you to have a place like this in local restaurant week? Well, it's great that we've had so many restaurants like this little pig that have been participating in local restaurant week for years. So. Not only is it great for folks to come out and try a new place to eat, you know, Western New Yorkers in general, it's awesome for the for the restaurateurs. I mean, that speaks for themselves if they or it speaks the event speaks for itself when restaurants sign up time and time again, they really feel that they for what they spend to participate to be in the event, it's really a good bang for the buck. So, we're proud of that. And so what will you feature for the October event? Uh, so we only do, I shouldn't say only. We do the 2019 menu. And we really embrace that concept. So we try and do three courses, or we definitely do three courses. Um, and we give you a lot of options, like for appetizers and salads, like there's four options. For the entrees, there's there's uh, three options, and then there's two desserts. So for 2019, you're going to get three courses. Um, we are super generous with our portion size. Uh, we're offering a half free-range chicken for one of the entrees, um, chicken fried filet mignons. Uh, with uh, country gravy as another option. We also have a, a vegan vegetarian um, pasta dish, um, and we're going to do a corn chowder that's also going to be available vegan. And you can upgrade it with a little bit of crab in it too if you want. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It, well worth it for sure. As you mentioned too, Jeff, um, it's farm to table. There's a real emphasis on that. And you work with a lot of local purveyors, correct? Uh, local purveyors and farmers um, almost almost entirely. Um, we go. Uh, we do a lot of work with Always Something Farm out in Corfu, uh, local honey from Paul Trowbridge, um, Stillwater Farm. We just actually took a, a trip down to Stillwater Farm in Boston yesterday and got to hang out with uh, Jay and his wife and, and actually see them doing what they do and they give us a little tour. Uh, so that was really exciting. But, yeah, we, we really – uh, focus on it. Um, these guys come to our back door with a product, which is super cool, <laughs> and collaborate nice. with them. And they dine in at our restaurant, too, 
we offer actually 10% off for farmers. It's a really nice perk that you offer farmers. And it, it's a real collaboration, obviously, Mandy, for you to work with them. I've been at your place during the day when your back door is open. There's a lot of activity with people coming and going. That means a lot to you, right? Yeah, we love it. Um, like we even have uh, one of our bartenders today was picking apples with her three-year-old twins and bringing <laughs> us apples from her parents' orchard so that we could do a cool dessert with them. Like anything we can get local, we love. That's great. And and Jeff, one of the reasons you said that you like to do local restaurant week, you've told me in the past, is it's a great way to show off your place and let people know what you're about, including working with the locals. Mm. What what motivates you each time to do it? Um, you know, it, it is a way to get acquainted with some new guests. Um, and there are a lot of people out there that think we're just a barbecue restaurant. And um, that's not the case. Um, it also sounds like we're a meat-centric restaurant, which kind of is the case. But we do a ton of vegetarian stuff. We're so vegetable-focused sometimes. I spend a lot of time preparing fresh vegetables and, and doing uh, vegetarian dishes uh, to be able to offer something special for, for folks. It's not just another, you know, afterthought in some restaurants. Exactly. Um, so that's like it's a great way for us to get in front of some new people and show people what we're really doing. I love to eat vegetarian and vegan uh, foods if it's made with flavor and and made as a meal, not just oh, have a salad, you yeah. know. So the creativity, the talent you can see in those dishes when they come out. And Mandy, when it comes to Restaurant Week, do you ever think twice about participating, or is it a slam dunk whenever you hear about it from Krista? Um, no, we always do. Uh, the fall one is always the biggest. It's our busiest week of the year. I just think fall you get so many more people school shopping's done everybody's ready to really get out and uh, we get a ton of repeat business from it mm. so we are thrilled when it comes around the servers love it the staff loves it you got this busy restaurant that's just popping and it's a fun week to do you know Chris it strikes me too there's so many restaurants there's such a great rich restaurant scene in our area mm -hmm. this is a great way to get your name out there amid a very crowded category it sure is. And and we only spot, you know, like I said before, it's called Local Restaurant Week for a reason. It's only locally owned and operated restaurants that are in it. So, you know, for the most part, mom and pop restaurants don't have a huge advertising budget like the national chains do. So it really is a great way to get your name out. I mean, again, we focus on the event as a whole and drive everyone to our website, which is localrestaurantweek.com, to find out all the information <laughs> on the restaurants. Um, but promoting the whole scene on a whole is really what we're all about and then focusing on the little guys. I love it. And folks, too, I, I'm glad you brought that up about the uh, barbecue and the pork and the meat-centric, Jeff, because I think that the name might be misleading in that sense. Do you get that a lot? Do people call and say, hey, do you have a smoker? Are you barbecuing? How does um, that work? <laughs> we do, and we do have a smoker, and we do do barbecue. <laughs> so um, but but we're not exclusive to that. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we try and make it a little more interesting than your usual barbecue place. You know, for example, like right now, one of the things that we're really um, focusing on is this bacon bones, we call them. And it's, it's ribs that are cured like bacon and smoked, and then they taste like bacon, but they eat like ribs. And we glaze them with uh, a blueberry jalapeno jam. So it's like a oh, different wow. take on, you know, I don't want to say the usual thing. Barbecue is amazing. I love to eat barbecue. Um, but there's a lot of barbecue places out there. So I'd like we try, try that on my toast. Absolutely. Wouldn't that be great with a little ricotta cheese? Mm. Oh, mm. wow. It sounds great. We're talking with Jeff and Mandy Cook, who are the owners of This Little Pig on Main Street and the plaza, the Best Buy Plaza. Uh, pull in. There's plenty of parking there. Krista Hobart is also with us from Local Restaurant Week. And you have some new things coming up at your place, right, including catering and drop-off? We sure do. Um, yeah, we've just really started getting into it where we are doing office 
And uh, really anybody, we can do drop-offs for lunch within a certain area or pickups are always available. Uh, we do s- private events, showers, rehearsal dinners, um, weddings off-site. Uh, so we pretty much can handle, you know, with, within a vicinity of us uh, anything right now. So uh, I remember when I was there in June for my party, you can have a little birthday celebration or any type of celebration or get-together right in the main expanded dining room. It's not as if you have to book it. I mean, there's plenty of room. Correct. Of course, we ran into people we knew. You know how it is. It's such a Buffalo thing. So you have that where you can just enjoy yourself with maybe a group of 10 or 12 right in the room. Yeah, we ask that if you're a party over 6, just call and then we can accommodate you. Um, but we want to make sure you get the best service and we get you in a time that we can really knock it out of the park for you. So yes. we prefer you call for parties over 6. And your wait staff is very good, I have to tell you. I mean, they get a, there's a lot of plates spinning probably, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got they've got it handled. And there's a farmer's dinner uh, coming up, right? Jeff, how does that all work? And again, you're working with other folks, um, local yeah, folks. This one we're working with uh, Chef Jenny Boy, who is uh, the director of operations, kitchen operations for uh, Lloyd, uh, mm-hmm. Lloyd Brands in North Buffalo. Uh, we've known her for years. Uh, she is a very talented chef, and she's coming to help us out with uh, – Actually, we collaborated with her and, and came up with this menu that's going to highlight Stillwater Farm, and we were just actually visiting it. Uh, we're going to use their lamb, their chicken, eggs, um, and apples from their trees. Um, nice. So we're going to do a five-course meal uh, for about 60 people. We have another one coming up next month that's going to feature Always Something Farm and uh, Bruce Wazella from the Terrace. Oh, how fantastic. Again, another noted chef in the area. It's yes, terrific. I really uh, I love these guys, so it's so, really cool. Do you all learn from each other a little bit? Or? <laughs> Absolutely. It's got to be great. Absolutely. It seems like there's a real sense of esprit de corps, too, because I know chefs can have big egos, but yet it seems like the local chefs I talk to really seem to get along well. It sure has gotten nice in the last um, in the last five, <laughs> ten nice. years, actually. It wasn't like that when I was a kid coming up, but uh, the uh, the community is so solid, and, and there's so many cool events now that we're all – um, interacting so regularly. I have to ask you before we close, on the eve of local restaurant week, on October 6th, there's an iron event benefit for Dan Tracy Jr. Um, and I wanted you to just quickly talk about that at the Aqua Banquet Facility. And I had the pleasure of, of bumping into him the day that I came in mm-hmm. to talk to you. What's that all about? So um, a chef, uh, Dan Tracy Jr., uh, that a lot of fellows know uh, in town, um, got ALS and um, and he's been struggling with it for nine or ten years now um, and and it's progressed pretty extremely um, and so he needs some really uh, extraordinary care um, so we help with this benefit he actually organized to put it on from from his wheelchair from his room at the um, at the uh, facility um, and then he'll be off the event but uh, there's like 23 or 24 restaurants this year um, the best restaurants in town i'm like the upper crust of these guys i mean i'm humbled to be in the group um and then a bunch of distilleries and and, uh, breweries as well um i think it's 50 bucks um to come you can get a vip ticket uh it's one bite of you know 24 different great bites and it all goes to benefit uh, his care for the for the year and it's a really great event what a great cause well folks uh, best of luck with that event and also with local restaurant week again october 7th through the 13th get ready krista hobart local thanks for coming in Jeff and Mandy, always a pleasure to see you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in. We'll be back right after this. 
Are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. Star 102.5 and at While I Care, Your Vision, Our Focus present Pink Party 2019. Wednesday, October 9th at Statler City. An incredible night to benefit Roswell Park. Starring Maddie Poppy and John Kay. Where pink and best dressed win prizes as we celebrate pink Tickets on sale now at MyStar1025.com. Plus shopping and basket raffles from Black Button Distilling and Star 102.5. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostest, Brenda Alacy. And welcome back to this edition of Slice of Life. Hope your weekend is going well. And as always, thank you to Kevin Carr for providing all of the technical support. The K Carr driving us in the right direction. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome an, a former colleague of mine from the Empire Sports Network days way back when. Well, we've all morphed into new jobs and new positions. And Ginger Jeffrey is a familiar face and name. She is the director of communications now at Canisius High School. And as a matter of fact, it's been four years since Ginger has been in that post. Ginger, great to have you. I'm glad you skipped school for a little bit to come over and see us. Yeah, I snuck out a little bit early to come over here. And I did want to point out, it's always kind of funny that there always seems to be a food connection whenever I see you. Last time I was here, the, the local restaurant week, people were here and they're here again today. And and I, it seems like I run into you at Taste of Buffalo as well. And I know yes. you always, always see your food stuff on Facebook too. So oh, it's always food. It's my, my favorite <laughs> thing to talk about and to do, of course. So great to have you in studio again, Ginger. And you're here to talk about a number of things. It's the sesquicentennial for Canisius High School, 150-year anniversary. That's got to be hard to believe, huh? Yeah, 150 years. So nobody currently at the school was here 150 <laughs> years ago. So it's kind of neat to comb back through the archives and yes. see how it all began. You know, 150 years ago, the, the high school began with the college together on Ellicott Street in downtown Buffalo, eventually separated, and the high school moved to where it is now on Delaware Avenue, which is so much history to, to comb through and, and reminisce about uh, over this course of the, uh, this century. This, this year. It must be fascinating for you, not being a Buffalo native, to see the, the, the archives and kind of, as you say, comb through them and see the rich history. What stands out for you about Canisius being around for 150 years? I think for me, because I, I love architecture, I, I think the building itself is really neat. You know, it was built, the, the original part of the, the school is, is was built as a mansion, as a private family home. And there's a lot of history connected with that family. And then it was expanded on to when the Freemasons owned the building, they added an auditorium and then eventually it was purchased by Canisius High School but also where where one of our parking lots is now is the house where uh, President McKinley died after he'd been shot in Buffalo so you know one of the few probably high school campuses ever to have a president die on its property so it's kind of one of those bizarre historical things. Yeah I had no I've been here you know many many years I had no idea that was the case where McKinley died. There's a little plaque on Delaware Avenue if you look at the sidewalk there on Delaware in front of the school there's a little plaque you can see. You have to look for it. Mm -hmm. I was in your building um, a few weeks ago and it really is a beautiful school and now you have the football field of course right there I mean 
all of a sudden you're driving down Delaware Avenue and there's this gorgeous high school with modern amenities, yet definitely a nod to the past. Wouldn't you say that they've kept some of that, that old architecture and that old sort of flavor to it? Sure, yeah. Some people even refer to the building as Hogwarts because it has a little <laughs> bit of that, you know, kind of old castle-y looking feel, you yes. know, especially if you're driving, you know, to, to the south from, from Delaware Avenue. You see the, the castle kind of rising there. So that's the old part of the building. But yeah, we have a new field house and a new science and innovation wing. We have a renovated building for our arts. So all this new stuff incorporated with the old. So it's kind of neat that you have that mix of, of the old, but plus the, the new technology and, and cutting edge educational opportunities, really. It's very high standard there, obviously, right? I mean, you, you put a huge emphasis on academics and athletics. Uh, would you say those are the two main focuses of uh, Canisius High School? Absolutely. It is uh, very much an academic focus. You know, we, we, we bill ourselves as a college prep uh, high school, and we have students currently at Stanford, at Georgetown, uh, lots of really excellent schools, uh, Notre Dame, uh, West Point. So we do have a history of getting uh, our students into to good colleges, and then so many of them go on to great careers. You know, we have people like um, uh, Don Pinkle, who is a doctor who is cutting edge with children's leukemia. He uh, helped get started with a St. Jude's Hospital, which is very well known, but he's the, the guy that was behind all that, and he's a Canisius grad. So we're proud of you know people like that who may not be household names, but they've gone on to do great things, and we like to, to think, you know, they got their start at Canisius. So yeah, there's the academic component, the athletics, you know, we, we have a great tradition with that. But also we, we, um, we care for the whole person. So there's also the, the retreats where you can kind of get in touch with your spiritual self and, and do service projects and learn to care about people beyond yourself. So it's, it's not just, you know, focus on getting the good grades and moving on. It's also becoming a complete person. And it's a Jesuit school, all male. Mm-hmm. And so do you find that, that these kids who come from various backgrounds, it's not as if it's just people who are affluent who go to Canisius, right? You have people from all walks of life, all economic conditions, uh, that come from families that may not be in the, the expensive zip codes of our area, and yet they find a way to come to Canisius as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we have uh, pretty much from all the zip codes around western New York, from the inner city to the outer suburbs, they come to Canisius, and we do have scholarship opportunities available, financial aid, you know, so we, we try to make it um, affordable for families that, that that want to send their kids to Canisius. So and it's it's a great way for students to get to know people that maybe they wouldn't if they were just going to their neighborhood school. They can get to know someone from a different suburb or someone from the city if you live in the suburbs and, and people from different cultures too. We also have some students from refugee families as well as some international students from China and Korea. So there's a really great opportunity to, to meet other kids your age who are from different places. That's great to know, Ginger. How does that happen? Do they just become aware of the school through you know, counselors or uh, folks who are setting them up to come to the U.S., for instance? Yeah, we do have some outreach programs that work with uh, families from overseas that want to send their kids to the U.S., and, and, you know, they learn about the opportunities at Canisius, and it's been a good experience for them. We're talking with Ginger Jeffrey, the Director of Communications at Canisius High School, right on Delaware Avenue in the city. Been there a long time, over 150 years now. And uh, as we mentioned, sports is a big deal. My husband is a St. Joe's grad, (laughs) but we have some family members who are Canisius alums. So the Spirit game is coming up in just a a little while. Yeah, yeah. It's Spirit Week all week at Canisius. So they have uh, (laughs) different themes that they they get to wear different clothes each day. So there's a different theme. Uh, They played St. Joe's in soccer last night. Um, Your husband will be happy with the result of that one. We weren't so happy at Canisius, but but no, it's all building up to the big football game this weekend, which uh, this year Canisius gets to host. So it'll 
That'll be uh, Eldar Stransky Athletic Complex. One o'clock on Saturday, Canisius versus St. Joe's in football. So we're, we're looking forward to a big game there. Oh, this. there's still time to get there, of course. Uh, and, and what a beautiful day for football. It's almost like midsummer weather. So uh, I have to point out that Canisius has a 10-game winning streak over St. Joe's in football. So we're hoping to keep nice, that streak going. Nice. Spoken like a Canisius. Uh, not an alum. <laughs> not an alum. I think no. that would be impossible. <laughs> That'd be weird. Certainly a supporter. Yeah, <laughs> and speaking sure. of supporters, uh, Ginger, you've got an open house coming up at the school on, uh, there's actually two, on October 6th and 7th, mm-hmm. and it's really nice that one of those days is a Sunday, so you make sure that folks who perhaps can't get to the school during the week can come and see the school during their open house, and it's before the Bills game, right? <laughs> yep. So uh, there's people. There's a nod to that as well, knowing that folks uh, will probably want to hunker down and watch the game. So the Sunday one goes from what nine thirty to twelve thirty. That's correct. Yeah, we start them at nine thirty uh, to twelve thirty to get people home in time for the football games. We know how it is in Buffalo. People love the Bills, so want to make sure you get home in time for that. But yeah, it's, the tour takes about an hour. We're going to be launching tours about every ten minutes during that time block. Uh, we do um, ask that people go online and, and sign up for a tour time just because some of them are actually starting to fill up already. So if you do want to take the tour, uh, please go online. It's caniciushigh.org and uh, sign up for a tour time. But, yeah, you'll get to go all around the campus and see what they're doing with campus ministry, the different service and retreat programs. You'll get to go through our new Center for the Arts with the fine arts classrooms there, which is a really cool building. And we have a robotics center where there'll be you know, flying drones and you get to see athletic facilities. We have a really great weight room and a pool in the basement, all that cool stuff. Plus, we'll have food trucks out there, so even if you don't want to take the tour, you can come by and uh, have some food at the food (laughs) trucks and check out the experiments. You can have a whole day's worth of activity, it seems, in about three hours or less. Do you find that some people stay for the full three hours? Not usually. Usually, um, they take the tour, which is about an hour, and then we have kind of an open forum in our field house where there's tables set up where you can go talk to the different sports teams, or you can Mm -hmm. go talk to the teachers if you have academic questions or want to find out about financial aid. Uh, We have all those tables set up. So some people do stay maybe another hour to get all their questions answered but you know some people are just you know want to do the tour and leave so that's sure. fine too yeah and then on monday you have another tour that goes from 5 30 to 7 30 so folks can come in after work and that's on october 7th yeah yeah so we're doing two days at the open house so yeah if, if sunday morning works better for you come before the bills game sunday morning but if you'd rather come after work on monday yeah, we have time slots available from 5 30 to 7 30 on monday as well so food trucks both days we'll have the tours going and all the, the fun stuff so either day that's great what do you find that most people are drawn to would you say they want to talk to um, the coaches and so forth to learn more about the athletic programs? Or is it more of an academic focus? What, what do you yeah. see when you're there? It's kind of a mix of all of it. It, it sort of depends upon the particular student because some students are totally into athletics and that's what they want. They want to talk to the football coach or the soccer coach or whatever it is. Or some students don't really care about sports at all, but they're into the robotics and we get them into the robotics room and they're flying the drones and playing with the 3D printer and it's hard <laughs> to get them out of there. It's like, okay, the tour's moving on. We got to go. But, but that's their thing. You know, they really want to see that. So and the music program, too, it's it's growing with the, the new uh, building. It's beautiful, and some people want to stay and explore more of that. And So it just really depends on what you're interested in. But, yeah, we have something for every. I was just going to say, it's such a, an eclectic uh, type of offering. There's really things for everybody, whether you're into sports or technology or the arts. Um, full, well-rounded uh, program at Canisius High School. The best way to learn more about the school, Ginger, either before or after the open house is right to the website, would you say? Yeah, yeah you can find out lots of information on the website. Again, 
Again, that's uh, CanisiusHigh.org. And we also recommend, too, and we'll tell them when they come to Open House, that we that you should sign up for a Crusader for the Day program, which is where you come on a school day and you actually shadow a student and you follow him through his various classes. And that's a good way for a student to really get a feel of what it's like to actually go to school there. I can't imagine anything better than that because you're living the experience for a full day, right? So the, yeah. the person who is shadow, shadowing one of your students would just go to every class and mm-hmm. go, go to lunch go to and lunch the whole routine. And hang out and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Are they able to uh, use the facilities, for instance, the gym or the arts yep. uh, arts center? Yeah, so we can customize that experience to whatever they're interested in. So if they want to go to the weight room, if they're into that, we can make that happen. Crusader for a day. What a great idea. And how would they find information for that also on the website? Yep, yep. Kanishashai.org. So all that information's there. Can't go wrong. Ginger Jeffrey, Director of Communications. Congrats on all the fun things happening at the school. And thank you so much for coming in this morning. Thanks for having me. It'll put a wrap on this edition of Slice of Life. Until next time, thanks for carving out a slice. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.